All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. On the show today, we have Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring, Pastor Russ Herman from Cloverdale, I am Josh Bales from The Well Church, and then uh, with us today, Pastor Paul Luer, also from The Well. We get to actually work together on a regular basis. How do you put up with me? I mean, these guys have to put up with me once a week. You have to put up with me multiple times, does it? You're going to get a special place in heaven for that, you know that? <laughs> Just think how often his wife has to put up with him. I'm, I'm speechless. She is a saint. She's, her, she's her, got na- a her name is Maria. Hello. Just, just, just I'll tell you the same thing uh, I told uh, another brother when he, he tried to flatter me. I said, you just wait. <laughs> so um, this is going to be a rough paraphrase, but Martin Luther once said, um, he, was, he was questioned, why do you always preach about justification? Why do you always preach about the gospel? And, he resp- and this was to one of his congregants, and he said, because every week my people forget it. Um, and I, I don't think he meant that in a way that was to insult his particular people. I think he meant that in a way that is true of all of us as human beings. Ju- the doctrine of justification by faith alone is such good news, is such unbelievable news that we revert back to not believing it. Not believing it. Well, that's why we have the Lord's Supper. The, the Lord's Supper is given. Um, you know, do as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. Now the reason we have to remember that is forgetting is a people thing to do we yeah. we tend to we tend to fall back into old systems of you know what we were talking about of trying to do things by merit rather than trusting in him alone for our salvation yeah. rather than rather than putting our our complete um, uh, hope in him we we put it in other things yeah. it's fascinating to me the old testament has all of these phrases that deal with what it means to be forgiven and God uses all these different word pictures. So he'll talk about the idea that he remembers them no more, that he, he hides them behind his back, that he throws them into the depths of the sea, that he, he removes them as far as the east is from the west. I'll let you try to figure that one out because that's impossible. Um, and then quote some of those in the New Testament. And you have to wonder, ask yourself, well, why does God use all of this imagery to talk about the idea that when you are forgiven – that, that that is a, an absolute truth that doesn't change and that before God you stand as one that is, is holy and righteous and considered pure before God. Yeah. Why did that have to be said in so many different ways? Well, it's, it's the reality of how we live. We continue to think of ourselves as those that we were outside of Christ, that we are sinners, that we are those that are defined by our sin. And God is saying, wait a minute, no, you're defined by who you are in Jesus Christ. You're not defined by the worst thing you've done, and you're not defined by the best thing you've done. You're defined by who you are in Jesus Christ. And if you just listen to your own prayers, especially when you come to before God with a recurring sin in your life, and you come and say, Heavenly Father, I'm so sorry that I've committed this sin again. What you really are saying at that point is, is at least in some ways, that you think God has a tally mark up in heaven and says, okay, this is the, the thousandth, fiftieth time that you've committed this sin, and quite honestly, I've had enough. And in the mind of God, he graciously has said, I've forgiven that and I remember it no more. Yeah. And we remember, we 
um, perseverate on the sins in our life. And then we don't remember that who we are as those that are justified in Jesus Christ. And if you hear that as an excuse for sin, then I would just redirect you to Romans 6 and yeah. say, no, that's not the the mindset. It's to say, well, if, if God likes to forgive, then I can like to sin because it's a great partnership. Yeah, no, well, that's not the point. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the it's thing. It's missing out First John 1, 9. Yeah. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and yeah. just yeah. to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And cleanse us from all yeah. unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. When I when we do communion, when I hold up either the bread or the wine, I will say this is is the body of Christ or the blood of Christ that was given for the complete, complete. forgiveness of all of your mm-hmm. sins, and that's a big deal to mm-hmm. to confess. No, this is a complete forgiveness. Here's the thing: justification is is better news than just the complete forgiveness of, of yes. sins. Yes, even so, if if Christ. Mm-hmm only forgave our sins, then we would be right back in the garden with Adam. And God, what does God require of us? He required that we would fulfill all righteousness so that we could be in his presence. So our our bank account, so to speak, was negative infinite. And when he forgave our sins, it came up to zero. Well, God requires positive infinite in order to be in his presence. And that's the second half of of justification, namely that the life. So I think we underestimate as evangelicals the life that Christ lived. We were all Mm -hmm. about his death, praise the Lord, but his life was the other wing on the plane. His Mm -hmm. life earned the righteousness that we need. And when we believe on him savingly, that righteousness is given to us so that even when we sin we're in those moments we're like i sinned lord i sinned again we ask for forgiveness just to have our consciences cleansed but we don't have to go back earning our righteousness it's already been earned it's already done there's a great verse in the that's a redundant thing to say a great verse but anyway (laughs) at the end of romans 4 it says jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Those are the two wings. Two wings. And sometimes people say, wait, I don't understand the race for our justification. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ was God the Father saying, I accept the righteous, obedient life of Jesus Christ on behalf of my, pe- of my people. And so the resurrection was God's declaration of acceptance of the righteousness of Christ for all of his people throughout all eternity. So he died for our sins, he was raised, and that resurrection testifies that we now have imputed to us that perfect righteousness because it was found to be acceptable by the Father. Amen. And it was first and foremost the Father finding his Son acceptable, and it's by our union union with him, our being united to Christ, that then his um, his vindication is also ours. What a beautiful thing that is. Let's deal with a, a tough verse. So there's there's several famous chapters in Scripture that deal with justification by faith alone. One of those is Romans 4. This is what Paul says in verse 5. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. I think that's a, this is a little bit of a stumbling block. His faith is counted for righteousness. I'm not saying that Paul misspoke. I'm saying that we can miss here. 
Um, if we start to think that our faith is our righteousness, then what happens when our faith is weak or we, we don't believe? Is our faith the righteousness that God looks at? One of the things um, we do is we try to give faith a certain content. You know, really, faith is the receiving aspect of, of what we're talking about, of, of believing. It is an empty hand of faith um, that we come to. The, you know, the catechism, you know, one of the things that we oftentimes are using catechisms or confessions here, partly because they say it better than we, you know, ramble through it. Um, but, and partly because then if you're mad, then you can take it out on somebody else. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Remember, some, send all some, your hate mail to Russ Herman. <laughs> the, 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 sum, the summary of, you know, what is true faith? True faith is not only a sure not, you know, this is the empty part of it. True faith is not only a sure knowledge by which I hold is true, all that God has revealed to us in his word. It is also wholehearted trust, which the Holy Spirit works in me by the gospel that God has freely granted not only to others, but to me also forgiveness of sins, eternal righteousness, and salvation. They're gifts purely of grace. So faith is also a gift of God's grace. He works it in me by the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's how I have it, that I might receive it, that I might believe the very things that he's written for me, that tell me that, you know, that um, he has delivered his son up for me. Yeah. You know, and and these gifts are are given to different people in different measure. Um, but one of the really really important things to keep in mind that is that the the faith a Christian has, we experience it rising and or you know waxing and waning, becoming stronger and weaker. Uh, but it's not the strength of our faith yeah. that saves us. It is the object. Yeah. What it it is it is the fact that. It's the object of our faith. That's it. Um, and so so it is a gift. And we may ask the question, well, how come I find my faith wavering right now? Um, that's that's actually a really good question. But, but God gives to different people at different times and different measures according to his grace, according to his good pleasure. We just need to be reminded um, not to look back to ourselves again to how strong is my faith right now? Um, but rather um, trust in the object of our faith. I just want to read a couple things. First is the Belgic Confession on this. It's, it's really actually addressing this this whole question that's going on in the book of, of Romans. It says, we fo- that follow that Jesus Christ is only half a savior, and therefore we justly say with Paul that we are justified by faith alone or by faith apart from works. However, We do not mean, properly speaking, that it is faith itself that justifies us, for faith is only the instrument by which we embrace Christ, our righteousness. And so if you follow the argumentation of Paul in the book of Romans, in Romans um, 3, it sets before the reader that God has a righteous standard and that man has fallen short, that man has sinned in every possible dimension, Um, but that the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. And you say, well, how? Nobody can obey the law. And, and God talks about, or Paul talks about this idea that that ju- you're justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Mm-hmm. And the idea is there is nothing that man contributes. And that's the whole argument of chapter 3. So when you get to chapter 4 and you read that Abraham um, – 
is justified by faith, you can't read that as some sort of work yeah. because Paul has already cut the legs out of that argument. Yeah, it's, it's, Faith in this respect is, is, to use a metaphor, it's the blind man receiving sight. He doesn't do anything. He didn't have the power in himself to get the sight. Jesus healed him. It's it's the poor man receiving the money. It's the hungry man receiving the food. None of those acts of receiving can it, there. It'd be absurd to say, "Oh, that's meritorious." No, you came with nothing. You you have open hands, and you're receiving something that somebody is giving you as a gift. And so, this faith is not, and it talks about this. It's not a wage that was earned. It's a gift that was given mm-hmm. in order to embrace that which is the object of faith, Jesus Christ, and all that's involved with it, and all that's involved with it is eventually going to be dealt with in, in chapter 5, that Jesus Christ is our second Adam, that he is our our. our representative that is necessary in order for salvation to come that all of us in adam have have really have just sin chapter three and so you have to follow the argumentation of paul throughout the entire book in order to read him well to read him correctly to read him in a way that doesn't go in the direction of errors that have been throughout church history of this idea that somehow faith is is meritorious. No, faith is not meritorious. However, God does work according to means, and the means that he used or the instrument that he uses is faith, and faith is what allows us to hold the object, Jesus Christ, and bring about salvation. Amen. So we can we can make it really clear and summarize it in final by just saying that um, What's the difference between somebody who receives that gift and the one who doesn't, who rejects it? And the only difference is one has been given the grace of God to be able to receive it in the first place. Amen. You've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 